0: What we're going to do is, uh, this passage looks at the sons of Leah. Um, And so it doesn't sound very exciting, but uh, it really does set up, in many ways, the rest of the Bible. So even when you come into the story of Jesus, all that is set up, uh, starts to be set up here with the birth of the twelve sons of Jacob. And the the one daughter of Jacob. Well, um, a few weeks ago was Valentine's Day. Men, if you didn't realize that, it's a little late. Good luck uh, covering your tracks now. Uh, my wife and I, we, we don't do Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day. That was a rule I set up, I made up on day one, right? I told my wife I don't do uh, Sweetest Day, Sweetheart's Day, Sweetness Day. What are, You know the one that the uh, card companies made up in, in the fall? We don't do that. And, and fortunately, she, she's gone along with that. Well, Valentine's Day, you can't really get away from it. The only time we've ever done Valentine's Day was actually the day that I asked her to marry me. I told her in advance, I'm going to ask you on a day you'll never guess. And the day before, I said, hey, tomorrow we're going to get engaged. And she never believed me one time. I just love that about my wife. I love to teach her that way. <laughs> so this year, I came up with a plan. I, I went into the office. I said, Annette, I, I, I need you to answer a question for me. You better be honest, okay? Why do women want their significant others ...to get them flowers while at work. It's one of two reasons. And and I want you to give me the honest truth as a woman. One, as an expression of love, all, Or is it two, all the other women in the office will be jealous? It's two. Yes, I (laughs) knew it was two, right? There's this this great episode in the office. It's Valentine's Day. And uh, one of the women who's married... She doesn't just get like one gift she gets like a dozen gifts and they get more expensive as throughout the day and at the beginning it's hey phyllis look you got chocolates and everyone's happy for her and by the end she gets a big giant bear right and they're like here's your bear right i mean that's all the women are mad at her right and so so that that's what i did so i went to kroger and i got some flowers and and i had uh a net fancy dress. i don't know what i'm doing and and I had Annette deliver it, so I had a woman deliver it to the uh, woman at the front desk. And in my head, I told myself she would herself deliver it to Amanda in front of all of her students, uh, particularly the females. Right? You, you see my plan there is what I wanted was to stir up jealousy. Right? That was the main thing. That's the secret to a good gift for your for for, for your wife. Right? Didn't work that way with men. Right? We we could couldn't care less about if, if you get us a gift, but uh, dinner would be nice, I guess, about about all we, we would want, but, um, and come to find out, uh, Annette delivers it, and, and they say, hey, man, you got a gift up here, come get it, you got a package up here, come get it, I'm like, well, that ruined the whole point, well, I had soccer practice at, at, after school was out, and I was walking around, man, it was talking to, to two women and a guy, and I said, hey, did you tell them what I did for you? She goes, well, no, I'm like, well, let's tell them what I did for you. He got me flowers. I'm like no, 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 no. You need to do it in such a way that the women here are jealous that I got you flowers a day early, right? And we just we just joked about it. Okay, it was just just, just a big joke uh, that the reason you get your wife anything is to make all the other wives jealous. Well, at the end of chapter twenty-nine, going into chapter thirty, that is exactly the scenario we see. Is basically what you have is is. What Rachel has, Leah envies. What Leah has, Rachel envies. And so what you get is is two women who aren't grateful for their blessings. They are uh, jealous for what the other person has. Now, so far in Genesis, we've seen a pattern uh, that, that, that is, this runs consistent, and that is, Uh, That is a conflict between brothers Cain and Abel Hamsham and Japheth um, Abraham and his brother's son Lot um, Ishmael, Isaac, Esau, Jacob And then Joseph versus the rest of his brothers Really it's Joseph, Benjamin versus the rest of his brothers And this will continue throughout uh, Genesis On one occasion, at least one that I'm aware of You have an example of two sisters in conflict And those sisters are Rachel and Leah. And the root of their conflict is not personality differences. It is idolatry. So what Rachel craves, her sister has. And that becomes her idol. And that feeds her jealousy and bitterness. Same is true for Leah. What she craves is her idol. One wants to be loved. One wants to be a mom. And one will give up being a mother to be loved. The other will give up love to be a mother. And without realizing that, that in, in that is just emptiness and warfare and division that will carry on to the next generation. And so that story starts here. So this is the boring part, right? This is more of a gene- genealogy. But, but that background, again, it sets up the rest of the Bible. Well, pick up verse 31, uh, 29 verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Now, this verse picks up where we left off several weeks ago. You can go back to verse 30. So Jacob went into Rachel also. and He loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. So you remember the story is that within about seven, eight, eight, eight days, Jacob marries two women sisters. He doesn't want Leah. He never worked for Leah, did not desire Leah, never asked for Leah, but Leah he has. And once the marriage is consummated, it's too late. So when he complains about it, uh, he is given Rachel Now what Laban does We talked about idolatry with Rachel and Leah Laban is greedy He's a, He has an idolatry for, for money And so he will surrender his two daughters For 14 years of basically free labor from Jacob Right. So, so remember with idolatry Worship always requires sacrifice You will always give something up For that which you worship This is why you'll hear people say that one of the, the clear indicators of your heart is your budget. What it is you spend money on, what it is you you give your time and your your very soul to, is an indication of of what your idols are. For Laban, it's wealth. He'll give up his daughters. He'll he'll give up his integrity for, and he will lose them before. And he'll lose his grandkids too. Uh, for Rachel and Leah, it's one will give up one to give up love. The other will want to give up children. Uh, um. So, but here we see that Leah is hated by uh, Jacob. Rachel is loved. And so what God does is he will bless Leah with motherhood. He will curse Rachel with infertility. So they both have blessings, but they will not find contentment in those blessings. The only thing they see is what they lack. This is the human condition. Have you noticed we are the richest country ever to exist and yet we are miserable? Because we are not grateful for what we have. We're miserable about what we lack. Right? And you can keep feeding us. You can keep making us wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. We will always find something to complain about. It is the human condition. So uh, this, is, this is the conflict. Uh, Leah, who is hated, is fruitful. Rachel is, is barren. Uh, the word barren is, has been used So this is the third woman in Genesis That has been barren Here are the other two um, Don I may need you um, There's probably a virus thing coming up um, So Genesis 1130 Sarah was barren She had no child uh, Genesis 25 Isaac treat, entreated the Lord for his wife Because she was barren So, so notice we, we have three generations straight of, of the wife of the promised son to be barren, we have Sarah is barren to Abraham, I, uh, 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 Rebecca is is barren to Isaac, and Rachel is barren to Jacob. And so, thank you. And so, in each example, the 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 bloodline or, or the 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 lineage, the promised lineage, seems to come to an end. And the promise is line, lineage, and a nation. But in each case, God supernaturally opens the womb; He creates life where otherwise life would not. Uh, come. Now, uh, this is again picks up on the motif in the Bible to where where there is a wilderness, God will create an oasis, whether that is Eden, whether it's the Oaks of Mamre or whether it's a closed womb. God creates where there is a wilderness. Now, Rachel ultimately forgets this. Um but she will, of course, eventually have have children, which sets up the story of Joseph. Um, now, picking on verse 32, Leah conceived and bore a son. She called his name Reuben for she said, because the Lord has looked upon my affliction for now, my husband will love me. Now, before we look at anything else. Does that not that verse not leap off the page? Why does Leah want to be a mother? She wants love. Okay. As we go through these. You're going to see the trajectory of her heart. Her motivation for being a mother. Is not to be a mom. It is not to fulfill the commandment. To be fruitful and multiply. It is because she is seeking. Something from someone else. um, and in this case, it is love. Now, let's just pause and think about that, but we're counselors, okay? So you've got Leah sitting across from your desk, or you're at the coffee shop sitting, and, and, and you're thinking, well, well, Leah, I don't understand what, what's going on. You're a mom now. Isn't that good news? I had a little Reuben in my arm, and I thought, isn't God so good? I know your marriage is an ideal, but look, God has given you life. And she says, but you don't understand. I thought that when I had a child, that meant my husband would love me. Do you see the idolatry? This is what we we're doing in the Sermon on the Mount, that on the outside, everything looks okay. The problem is what's going on on the inside. It's the heart. This is a huge, huge red flag. This should just jump off the page to us. Now, how does this affect her as a mother and Reuben as her son? Massive implications. Reuben has one job, one purpose for his existence. It is not to be loved. It's for Leah to receive love. Think about that. When Leah—we're just just talking about a normal situation— If Leah does not receive from her husband what she wants, now how does that affect her relationship to her son? Motherhood became the means to an end, not the blessed end of itself. We do this all the time, all the time. How many young women right now in high school, they they, they crave a good thing to be a mom? That's a good thing. A lot of uh, friends, up, they want to be moms from a young age, they just want to be a mom. And what they what they did was they took a shortcut because they thought that motherhood would give them what it is that they are craving. How I many young women with daddy issues? They, they'll jump into the arms of the first man they meet. And when that relation falls apart, they'll jump into the arms of another man. Right? This is Leah. This is the Leah syndrome. Now, the language she uses is, is quite interesting Reuben, uh, the name means "Behold a son." Behold a son, right? And so it's, it's as if she's saying, "Look, look, husband, look what I've given you, right?" This is this mirrors what Eve did all the way back. You remember Eve had Cain and Abel, and 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 uh, with Cain, you remember his name. Uh, what she said, "I have begotten a man," right? And we said how weird that is, you know. But it, it can it, it carries on with the the the, the the, the line the seed and all she 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 she, she, she she's she's uh, produced the man here is behold a son he is the oldest son of jacob he he is he is in, in one sense the heir but as we've seen jacob was not the heir he became the heir uh, isaac was not the heir he became the heir so uh, from the ancient Egyptian culture we expect reuben to be the leader but we'll find that he that he's not it'll end up being judah really and, and, and judah is a mess the word affliction there is, my, my ES, ESV, uh, the Lord has released me from my, my affliction. The word can mean affliction. It, it can mean misery or even poverty. The first time it's used in Genesis, and I believe this is the only time it's been used so far in Genesis, is of Hagar. The angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, you are with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael. Ishmael means God hears, because the Lord has heard your affliction. So she equates her experience with Jacob in that she isn't loved with Hagar, the slave woman, who was used by Abraham and Sarah to produce a child. It's a very similar situation, but very different. For one, she's been blessed with a promised child. This will be one of the twelve tribes of Israel. The nation of Israel will come from Reuben. At the same time, she's not a slave woman, but she is enslaved to a certain passion. What she wants is a good thing to be loved by her husband. That's a great thing. That, that should be bare minimum of a marriage. But what she wants is a good thing. But she thinks that without it, she can't be at peace. She can't have rest and contentment and everything else. And so she turns the relationship, she turns Jacob into an idol. And now she's going to turn her motherhood in, into that. Well, um, For Hagar, God heard her, Ishmael. For Leah, God saw her, behold a son. Um, And so her motivation, she sleeps with her husband, produces a child in search of what she doesn't have. Um, Now, although the firstborn we've seen, Reuben will forfeit some of the favor of the firstborn. Reuben isn't exactly a good guy. Uh, Genesis 49 is when Jacob gives the prophecies of the twelve tribes. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the firstfruits of my strength, preeminent in dignity, preeminent in power. That's a good start. It goes downhill from there. Unstable as water, you shall not have preeminence. Notice that you are preeminent. You will not have preeminence. Because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. This, is, this judgment is a result of Reuben sleeping with Jacob's concubines. Now, we'll get to the concubines at a later time. Okay, we can only take so much at once, right? Um, but, but this is... So Reuben will do what Absalom will do to David later. You Remember when Absalom took over Jerusalem? He will sleep in public with David's concubine. Because David left behind one to maintain the house, the palace. And he that will be a public act. Well, that's inspired by Reuben. Not good, not good. Only it just gets worse from there. So um, one one resource I use, put it this way. Jacob's ad's prophecy for Reuben certainly came true. No judge, prophet, ruler, or prince came from that tribe, nor any person renowned except Dathan and Abiram. You've never heard of them, nor have I, who were noted for their rebellion against Moses. Reuben's tribe chose a settlement on the other side of the Jordan, a further indication of the loss of godly influence on his brothers, to which his birthright entitled him. Although Reuben was the firstborn, the kingdom was given to Judah, the priesthood to Levi, leaving Reuben's tribe to be small and non-influential. So that's the firstborn of Jacob. Right? Now, remember, the beauty of Genesis is God takes wilderness and turns him in the gardens. We sing about that all the time, right? Um, and so Reuben is a bad guy. He's not. But he was conceived in an unfortunate situation. He was always a means to an end. Rather than the blessed end of itself Well Just downhill from there verse 33 um, She conceived again Now again pause there We're all counselors right now right And you're thinking Okay it didn't work the first time Why not try it again What's the old saying The definition of uh, is it foolishness Is Vanities Insanity. Insanity doing the same thing over and over Thinking you'll get a different result right? And then that's what she's doing now, But that's what idolatry does If you want something more than anything And that becomes your idol And you think that I will not have peace or contentment Or love or rest or joy Without it And I think this is the means of getting it I will keep trying, I will keep trying, I will keep trying again So, so, so I would say the problem isn't really her marriage Her first problem is not her marriage It is a problem The primary problem is her heart That's affecting her marriage It's affecting her her home life your children are not the means to an end. Your husband's love is not a sufficient God. It's an important thing. It's a good thing. This is where we turn good things into God things. A husband's love is a wonderful thing. It should be the bare minimum of, of a marriage. But it isn't. we should turn into a God thing. And this is what she's doing. So she conceived again. All right. And... Um, <coughs> bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he's given me this son also. She called his name Simeon. You see in the trajectory? He has seen my affliction. He has heard of my hatred. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. So it's like she thinks, well, the problem is I only gave him one son. And in ancient Near Eastern world, you're going to lose kids. That's just a sad reality. You, know, you lose kids until the 20, turn of the 20th century, you could have 14 kids and lose half of them quite easily before they're out of the house. I mean this is just normal. High uh, uh, infertility rates, high uh, uh, infant mortality rates this is just reality. You go to Africa right now and, and, and the tribes, they will not name kids until they're about five years old because when you name a kid, you get more attached. And the chances of them surviving past five is unlikely. I mean it's just reality. So she thinks, okay, well, one isn't enough, okay? i got to give him two. And then he'll feel his line is secure. So God has seen my affliction. God has heard my affliction. Now he'll love me. And it doesn't work. The name Simeon means heard. And it carries the same theme as, of course, Reuben. So... God has seen her, God has heard her But she isn't returning to that faith and saying What I need is the God who sees and loves Because Jacob doesn't see and love her it, It's amazing isn't it this is the, this, this. Wake up woman right it's, it's, She wants Jacob to see and, and hear her To love her But in that pursuit she confesses God sees and, and hears me He loves me But the love of God isn't sufficient you see how mad this is? By the way, all of us struggle with this in some, some area of our lives. In some area of our lives, we, we really struggle with this. Now, the name Simeon is a very common name in the Bible. There's four men with that exact name. Simeon, son of Jacob. Simeon, the man who met baby Jesus in the temple. right? Remember he said, I can die now. Simeon, uh, who is uh, found in the ancestry of Jesus in Luke 3. don't really know much more about him. Uh, and then there's Samien, Simeon, who's a member of the church of Antioch in, in Acts 13. Antioch is where uh, you first get the name Christians, they send everybody out. But then there are similar, uh, you take the name Simeon, there's similar forms of that name. Like Simon Peter. Simon the Zealot, who was a disciple. Simon the brother of Jesus, named after this guy. Simon the leper, that Jesus heals. Simon a Cyrene, who carries the cross of Jesus. Simon the father of Judas, John 13, two, if you want a reference. And Simon the tanner, Peter stayed at his house in, in Acts 9. So, this is a very common name. And, and if, if, if you want to nerd out, we've got to move. But if you want to nerd out, scholars have studied the use of names in, the, in, in ancient Israel. And so, we know how popular various names are. We get these from tombstones, from various lists, like we have letters and whatnot. And we can count, okay, of all the information we have, this name is popular. So, like, your most popular female name is Mary. Guess what is, Guess what? the most popular name in the New Testament is? It's Mary. Most common name in the uh, first century uh, Judea for men was Simeon or Simon. Guess what the most popular name in the New Testament is for men? It's Simon or Simeon, right? So if you're ever looking for evidence of the Bible, that, that's a little small one, but it's actually quite impactful. The Gnostics get that wrong. You don't care about any of that. Anyway, so... Simeon. So Reuben is a guy who who slept with his father's concubine. Simeon is a very violent man. He and Levi were the leaders in the slaughter of the uh, Shechemites. You remember that they uh, assault Dinah. We'll get to that story a while from now. I'm I'm not looking forward to it, to be honest with you. It's it's quite a terrible, just a terrible story. And you remember what uh, Simeon and Levi do. Now, Levi will be the father of the priests. And what they do is, is uh, the the Shechemites come and say, well, you know, what we've done is wrong. We we want to make it right. We're going to marry, you know, Dinah. And you remember they say is, okay, the marriage can happen if you'll circumcise yourself first. All the men circumcise themselves, and while they were recovering, they come and slaughter all the men. That's Simeon. That's Levi. So you get in Genesis forty nine, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Weapons of violence are their swords. Well, that, at least Reuben got a compliment in the first verse, right? You know, he's the firstborn. These guys were like, you're just bloodthirsty villains. Let my soul come not into their counsel. Oh, my glory, be not joined to their company. For in their anger they killed men. And in their willfulness they hamstrung oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce and their wrath for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Now, that's not the blessing you want to get from dear old dad before he dies, is it? Well, of the twelve tribes of Israel, Simeon becomes the smallest, according to the census taken in the book of Numbers. Interesting, He he wanted to protect his sister. But justice became revenge. And it went overboard. Well, that leaves to Levi, speaking of the devil, almost literally there. We meet him in verse 34. Again, she conceived and bore a son and said, Now, this time, my husband will be attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Now what's happened. She's not even looking for his love. A little bit of attention will be fine. What well, she's afraid... Is that she's so hated he'll leave her and abandon her. Like Hagar. Remember, that's Jacob's grandfather and grandmother kicked a woman who was not loved out, abandoned her to die in the wilderness. So she still thinks if I give him a son, I'll get something from him. Not the way it works. One thing you have to tell young women this, it, it just shocks them. Men can separate love and intimacy with ease. I can prove it to you. Prostitution and pornography. Very easy. Men will sleep with almost anyone and not love them. And Leah seems to be struggling with that. If we conceive, it must mean because he loves me. And now it's if if we conceive and have a son, at least he won't kick me out. Will be will be attached. Sad story. Levi means to join to. He becomes the father of Levites, the priestly tribe, despite Jacob's condemnation of his violence with Simeon. His two descendants that we know best are Moses and Aaron. They were the main influence of the Jewish Exodus. The word attached is a play on words with the word Levi. So Levi means to join or to attach. And so she's so so it's um, I'll name him attached so that. He'll be attached to me. Um, It can even mean to borrow or lend. But the issue here is she's still using her sons as a means to an end. And so she wants love and believes that if she bears sons, she'll be given that. Yet with each son, she's learning she will never have Jacob's heart. It's a sad story. But what's lost in this is that she never expresses gratitude for her sons. Their names are a constant reminder of what she lacks rather than what she has. It's so important for us to see that. Well, verse 35. We meet her last son, the fourth son. So this is one-third of the twelve tribes of Israel. <laughs> so if we ever get the judges 40 years from now, uh, this will really become a problem, right? Because they're still at war with each other. No civil war in judges. Verse 35. She conceived again. My, my, my. She hasn't learned her lesson. She bore a son and said, This time I will praise the Lord. What a difference. Therefore she called his name Judah. And she ceased bearing. What a change. What a change. So what do we do with this? Well, the name Judah means to praise. And it signals a, a clear change In Leah's heart um, But the word praise here Is not the word we usually use the, the word we would expect to find here Is Hallel Where we get hallelujah Hallelujah just means praise Yahweh Hallel ya, Yahweh um, And the, the jaw hallelujah Jah is, is, is just You go from Hebrew And English is the combination of a thousand languages It's why we can't spell any words Okay you know, every rule in English is broken by a thousand other words. Okay? That's the frustration of learning to read as an English speaker is hard enough. Learning English as a second language as an adult is especially hard because we break all of our own rules. So hallelujah, that ja is is Yahweh and it'll eventually come into English as Jehovah or something like that. So um, we would expect that word halel, but it's actually the word Yada. So the name Judah is Yehudah. This is Yada. So you can see, again, it's a play on words. Um, so it's like a, a, a attached with Levi, it's praise, Yehudah, Yada. Um, and so it means to praise or to give thanks. And this, again, signals a change in Leah's heart. She's no longer um, sleeping with Jacob in search of his heart, in search of his affection and love. But rather, she sees as her rose as a mother as evidence that she is already loved. That's the difference. We've got to see that. When we think that we, we lack something and we've been robbed of something, we will turn to shortcuts in order to get those things. And those thing, those shortcuts can be relationships or intimacy or wealth or career or, or some sort of addiction or whatever it is. We think that if, if I can get enough of this thing, it will fix what it is I'm lacking. So if I'm lacking love for Leah, what I need is, is um if he sleeps with me, we have children. We'll create a family. Rachel could never do that, so he'll love me more, more, more than Rachel, right? Or, or, or if if I, I don't feel uh, I don't feel as if I've, I've really accomplished anything in life, so what I need is a career, and what I need is the wealth that comes from that, the respect that comes from that, right? And what we find is is it's never enough. Leah learns the hard way. She could have a dozen kids, literally, with Jacob, and he will still never love her. You, if, if, if you think career will fix it you could be the pinnacle of success and still be lacking the thing that you're, you're you're looking for this 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 we know this is a problem and yet in our hearts we, we struggle to find this so much fortunately for leah by the time she has her fourth son it clicks i am seeking in another what i already have in my redeemer that's the gospel in a nutshell Now, again, it doesn't excuse Jacob's behavior. But given her circumstance, she must learn that she doesn't lack anything in herself. Now, I think God needs to get a hold of Jacob, yes. It's a mess of a situation. But for Leah, once she sees that, now her children become the blessing God had intended children to be. And so she is free To love her children Not because she has an abundance of love from Jacob But because she has an abundance of love from God Her cup overflows And this makes her a good mom And she finally figures that out Well, Judah uh, Will go on to become The most significant of the twelve tribes I mean, his name gives that away You don't want to be called attached, do you? (laughs) That's a terrible name, right? It's like a Oh, is it in Ruth? One of the uh, people there are named... It's not Ruth. It's somewhere else. Their name is Cal or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I think Kyle means Cal or something like that. I don't know. Anyways, here's Judah in in, in Genesis 49. Judah, your brother shall praise you. Yehuda, you will be Yada, Right? You'll be praised. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Now, now, Levi and Simeon are enemies, right? Because they're violent men. But your neck will be on your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down before you. Now, this is going to come up, isn't it? Joseph is not of Judah. Yet the story of Joseph is not that, that Jacob's sons will bow down to Judah, but to, to Joseph. And so we know by in the Genesis, this prophecy is not yet fulfilled. Because this prophecy is given after the story of Joseph. It's just this interesting little, little piece there. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down, he crouches a lion as a lioness. Who dares rouse him? The scepter. Oh. oh okay, so what are we looking for? We're looking for someone who will rule as a lion and as a king. You see where this is going? Right? It, the, the ending's already ruined, isn't it? Alright? And and uh, the scepter will not depart from Judah. So, it isn't just that a king will come from Judah. It's that a perpetual line of kings will come, and that line will have no end. There will always be a son of Judah on the throne. Could we say from this vantage point, it is an eternal throne? And for it to be fulfilled, it has to be an eternal throne. No one and nothing will take away Judah from his throne. So nor the ruler staff in between his feet until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples, binding his fold to the vine, his donkey's colt to the church. Donkey's colt. That's interesting there. He has washed the garments in wine, his vesture in the blood of grapes. So we get wine, we get vines, we get grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. I don't know. I guess that means he's attractive. I don't know what to do with that. He's handsome. (laughs) So, So you see where this is going, right? Who is the first king of Israel? What tribe is he from? Benjamin. Benjamin. It's a wrong tribe. Well, he looks the part. He acts the part. He ain't king. The promise is, it'll be of the line of Judah. And what, what, and what does Samuel do? You tell me if you've heard this story. He anoints the younger brother over the elders. That story sound familiar? It's Seth over Cain. It's Japheth and Shem over Ham. It's, 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 uh, it's Isaac over uh, Ishmael. It's Jacob over uh, uh, Esau. It's Joseph over his brothers. It's the same story. And that has to be an eternal throne. When Jesus stands up, he's the son of David. What does that mean? It means he's king. And he sits upon an eternal throne. You turn to Revelation. Revelation 5, my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. What is the dual image John sees in Christ? He's lion, he's lamb. Where does that image come from? Right here in Genesis 49. The difference is that his mother finally got it. She is fully loved by an eternal God. Now it ends there. By stating that she ceased Bearing Now this does not mean That she will cease to have children In fact She'll give birth to two other children uh, I think I've got them Up here Yeah, Genesis 30 God listened to Leah Now by the time we get there It's just going to be uh, Jerry Springer Ricky Lake That sort of stuff it's just going to be Craig Okay, I, I mean we haven't got To the Rachel side of the story Okay Leah is a mess Rachel is a mess And then And then other women Get involved And And My lands This is a mess Right now it's a love triangle For long it's a pentagon Okay And, and that, that's just worse Okay But it isn't It isn't that Jacob loves any of them He loves one woman He's sleeping with all of them Right it, it gets to be A mess But God listened to Leah She conceived and bore Jacob A fifth son Leah said God has given me my wages Because I gave my servant To my husband uh oh. Uh oh. She realizes what she's done. She is like Sarah. I'm ruining it next week, but she's like Sarah. By the way, so is Rachel. Remember that in the Bible, history is both linear, it has a beginning and the end, it's cyclical. And so, what you have is each new generation goes through the same pattern as the generation before it. So you read Genesis and you're thinking this could be half the length if they told the same story, each story only one time. The problem is it tells the same story a dozen times because each generation goes through the same stuff. Rachel and Leah will do it too. So she called his name Issachar and Leah conceived again. She bore Jacob a sixth son and Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment. Now my husband will honor me because I have borne him six sons." So she called his name Zebulun. After which she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah. Half of the twelve tribes of Israel come from one woman, Leah. What an incredible accomplishment that is! I don't know what "accomplishment" is the right word, but it's incredible. What a blessing! All but one, all but one, are seen as a means to an end. One is seen as an act of judgment. The last one, well, the last son, I should say, is seen. In the same lights, the first three. I just want to be honored by my husband. What else do I have to do. To get something from him. And the daughter she bears. Will be assaulted by the Shechemites. Her life ruined. So. Some see that phrase. She sees uh, bearing. As a reference to Jacob. Because he doesn't love her to. At least for a time to stop. Um, having relations with her. Um Regardless, by this point in the story, she at least temporarily has her contentment in, in her maker, and not in her husband. But unfortunately, it doesn't. It, it the it ends good here. When you turn the page, it doesn't end very well. But wh- I think what you'll be able to tell, and I think we'll get out early, um, is the story of Rachel and Leah is a really tragic one. It's tragic, yes, because. You have two women fighting for the affection of a single man. This is why bigamy and polygamy will never work. It cannot work. It does not work. All you have to do is go to pick any high school and spend 15 minutes there, you're going to discover this. It doesn't work. And you've heard me say this before: as adults, we never leave high school. Some of us never leave middle school. All mm-hmm. right. The same drama you get there is is happening in your your workplace right now. And and so we know this doesn't work. And, and that's not the root problem. With the Rachel and Leah. The root problem is idolatry. And, 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 and discontentment. If Rachel found contentment. Knowing that she is loved. Everything else that comes. Will be seen as a blessing. If Leah can find contentment. In that she is a mother. Everything else she gets. Is seen as an additional blessing. Instead. Instead. Both of them look at the other and they ignore the blessings of God in favor of what they think they've been robbed of. Nothing will ruin your spiritual life quicker than that. Nothing will ruin your life, period, more than that. Remember that next time your neighbor brings home a brand new car. Remember that next time your, 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 your co-workers' kids on Facebook, they look like a perfect family. Remember that next time When that attitude of jealousy and bitterness and envy stirs up in your heart, crush it before you ruin your life and the people around you. Well, let's end on that happy note, shall we? Don? I thought it was interesting that uh, Rachel was buried on the side of the road and uh, Leah was put in the family plot. Yep. We'll get there. Spoiler alert, they die in the end. <laughs> Thanks, God. I've already ruined it. Like, we could end and say, look, Leah discovered that she has enough love in God. Oh, by the way, she's going to forget that completely, right? Look, the, the, the key to helping people through issues is to, 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 to tear away the layers of the onion till you get to the very heart. What is the God that they are after? When you address idolatry then you can have real healing. And Jesus is coming through to do that Sermon on the Mount. We're going to do reconciliation Sunday morning. Uh, I was talking to a man one time. He was having an issue with his, he was a stepdad. Issues in his marriage that he felt was stemmed from his stepkids wouldn't listen to him and his wife wouldn't help, you know, and all that. And it just, all these things. didn't like his job, didn't you know, all this sort of stuff. And then one time he said, "Um, I have to have a beer in order to go to sleep. We need to talk about that. Because without knowing he had confessed something. There's something so deep he has to turn to something just to sleep at night. Regardless of what you think about alcohol, because that really wasn't my concern. Because it could be anything. I have to spend an hour a night looking at pornography to fall asleep. I I I have to spend three hours on Netflix alone, away from my kids. I have to, right, whatever it is, whatever it is you have to do to get through the next day, that's what we need to talk about. It really wasn't about his wife, it wasn't really about his stepkids. Really wasn't about the alcohol, it was about something else. And once we got there, we really, we really made made some progress. Anything else? Danny, do we miss anything? done Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> You're really dying to go to the book nook, aren't you? It's a, yeah. Hey, two more full weeks of session, and then to go in the veto, and life is good. So, okay. Well, how about we close out in prayer? And uh, uh, I made you pray Monday, didn't I, Danny? I wouldn't dare have you do that twice in one week. And I made, no, I made Carrie pray Sunday. You made Don Lewis pray Monday, and I had Don Doe's pray. You made? The yeah. You made the yeah. I know, oh, I know. made Danny pray Monday. Oh, yeah, he wouldn't. He, or Sunday. Sunday made you do Sunday, right? And uh, and oh, it was Brother Ed and Don, right? So we skipped you Monday. Yeah. Alright, well then Mark, are you close this out in prayer, <laughs>